Hi, this is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Ball Control. Ball Control. Did you already start? I wasn't looking at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Welcome to a brand new edition of Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. And you can hear us all on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, uh, and worldwide uh, on IRLoneStar.com. It's true. Woo! Yeah. Yeah! All right. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy week, Nico. Has it? It has. It has. Um, okay, here's the menu. All right, what do we got? Okay. There's playoff football. Always. There's Antonio Brown and the Steelers having more drama. I love Steeler drama. It's been happening all year. Uh, there's more college football is the scummiest thing in the world. Oh, my favorite thing on literally on the planet. And um, then there's Rockets talk. It's getting close to Rockets time. Ooh, I heard they're a pretty good basketball team. Um, sometimes we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about? What do you, I'm going to give you full. Access to the choice. I'm going to start playoffs because it sounds like a good place to start. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, how did we do last week? Do you remember? I, I feel pretty good. I think I only missed one last week. Yeah. You well, you, you you said the right thing, but you you mixed up the teams. Again? Yeah. Second, second weekend in a row where I said three road teams are going to win, and then I got one of the road teams wrong? Right. Okay. And this time I said three home teams are going to win, and I got the home team wrong? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I picked Philly, didn't I? Yeah, no. Who did I pick? Who did I get wrong? Oh, maybe not. I don't actually remember. <laughs> okay. I f- I think I think I picked Philly over th- over the Saints. I think I just I f- I think I believed in the magic. No, uh, you, you believed uh uh whoever whoever the Patriots are playing. Oh, the Chargers? Yeah. I picked against the Patriots. I don't think I did that. Oh, maybe not. No, that doesn't sound right. That that's not a smart thing to do. Um, but I am going to do that this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so they're going to be in Kansas City. All right. Oh, yeah. This is what you were talking about. Yeah, they're going to be in Kansas City, and uh, it's going to be eight degrees, which I do think hurts Kansas City because they, they it's a lot of Kansas City's offense is a lot of speed and misdirection on the field. They do. Oh, we're going left. Oh, we're going right. Oh, I threw it the other hand. Um, they do a lot of that. That's the play. They run. That's the that's the move. He actually calls that play in the huddle. He says, "Oh, we're gonna run." Oh, I threw it with my other hand. No, he doesn't say that. Um, I hope he does. I hope that's their play call. I wish. Like, football would be so much cooler if they were just like, rope it out. So it's New England Patriots are at Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. An Arctic storm is rolling through Kansas City just in time for a football game. I love it when that happens. So last week, Kansas City had... Uh, they had to invite their fans in early to help get the snow out of the stadium to play. <laughs> and then it got to be so much fun that literally people were throwing snowballs. Nice. That's cool. Because Kansas City uh, was winning pretty well against the Colts. They they hurt them real bad. Um, they did hurt them real bad. They hurt them real bad. Uh, that was not a pretty game. <laughs> it wasn't. But snowballs started coming onto the field. Um because like the fans were just having fun with it. Uh, one hit Andy Reid, so he had a fan arrested. <laughs> that was on TV. You could literally like he stopped everything. He called the refs over to call time, so that he could get security over to pick a guy out of the stands and arrest him. And then NBC put the guy's face on national TV. Oh, so that, that feels awful. So they caught him. <laughs> you know he went to jail. 
Uh, and this man pelts man with snowball. <laughs> like they literally showed him and they slowed it down and then they froze it. Like they did full on sports replay on this guy right, throwing yeah. a snowball. At you Andy know, Reed. highlight his face. You know, zoom in, enhance. Troy Aikman circled him. Like I mean, it was the <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> brutal. Uh, they ratted a guy out. NBC gets stitches. Okay, that's how that's how severe that snitch was. Um, pretty rough one. It was. Uh, so New England is going to be in Kansas City. I'm just going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, but we're going to talk about Tom Brady here in a second. And then the other game is uh, it's going to be at the Superdome. Superdome. It's going to be the L.A. Rams versus the New Orleans Saints. Which uh, This is a rematch. This is a rematch. And it's a Week 9 rematch. And Week 9, the Saints won by 10. Right. A um, couple of things that made the Rams angry. Uh, about that game is Alfred Kamara scored with like three minutes left and they were already up. Um, and some people felt like it was running up the score. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I really don't. Uh, I've seen, I've seen my fair share of things that happen in a minute of football. So, <laughs> right. So I, and I agree with you. I feel like if you're on the field score, unless you can kneel it out, score. Right, I uh, think that's the only time. Uh, and also, Sean Payton, the head coach of the Saints, whom I love, I think he's one of the best head coaches. I think he, I think he is a a great game planner, a great designer of plays, a great leader of men. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit more here in a second. Also, we're just like foreshadowing everything. Right, this yeah. whole show is a foreshadow. I'm talking about next week. Uh, <laughs> we are talking about <laughs> next week. <laughs> um, that's true. But. When they beat the Rams, someone was like, hey, we noticed you threw at Marcus Peters a lot. He's a cornerback for the Rams. He said, yeah, uh, we were hoping they were going to put him out here on single coverage, and they did, which is great because we like that matchup. We like it a lot. Which is basically saying if you put Marcus Peters out there one-on-one, we could beat him, and we're going to touchdown. Uh, apparently on the field he said some stuff to Marcus Peters as well, which I think is great. I think it's fantastic. I don't normally encourage coaches talking mess because they're 50-year-old men on the sidelines of a football game, uh, but I like that. Wow, that's the rawest statement ever, but yeah. Yeah, it's real talk. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while a guy gets his leg broke. Uh, it happened once to the beloved grandpa of football, Joe Pa. Joe Paterno, old as dirt. He coached at uh, – you don't even know about him. No. He coached uh, the Nittany Lions, Penn State, and he coached there for like 48 years. Yeah, for like 60 decades. Uh, but he was like so consistently good that there was almost never talk of firing him. Like he almost never put together back-to-back bad seasons. And when he did, like he would feel bad about even saying, do we fire Joe Pa? Uh, he got brought down because of the assistant. He had a, a former defensive coordinator many, 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 many years ago who hung around the program and ran a children's program, and it, it came out that that man uh, was touching children inappropriately. Oh, oh no. And Joe Pa let him hang around the program and use the program to bring the kids around and blah, blah, blah. Oh, not good. Uh, so it wasn't anything directly he did wrong. He kind of just empowered a guy who had no business being around children, but people n- didn't necessarily know that. It was a weird case. I had a hard time with it because I... Uh, I have a lot of respect for Joe Paterno and the way he did stuff. So right, it's, it's sort like ninety year old man. Yeah, like I just don't I don't I just don't believe for a second that so he got fired. They the students tore down a statue, they were mad at him. Um he died like within six months of like being fired. Like I don't know. I don't know. Felt bad <laughs> for the old man. 
I think he would have lived if they didn't fire him. <laughs> no, I I think as long as he was coaching, he would. I I think he could have lived like another probably three years coaching. But the way everything went, it was so just awful. And then the, like they tore down a statue. They the stadium was named after him. They they renamed the stadium. Oh no! There they, was like a Paterno Character Award. They like renamed that. Like I mean, there was there was a hard there separation. was some shots fired. Okay. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't even, like, I feel like sometimes, like, nowadays that doesn't happen anymore. Like, there'll be, like, some outrage in college, and then they'll be like, well, we'll just bring back the trainer. So, right, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, this is before, like, the era of calling someone a snowflake. This is, like, right before, this is before Me Too. This is, okay. But the university wanted to get so far away from that story. That they were like, yeah, fire everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's get rid of all of them. Just reset the football program. Right, like just cleaned house. And so that did involve the old Paterno. Uh, but anyway, uh, he had his leg broke one time on the sidelines. He had a guy just, I mean, a guy just kind of tumbled into him. Right, yeah. And then and Charlie. He's, he's a 90-year-old man. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, Charlie, he coached like upstairs for like a year. Like, it's how long it takes a leg to heal for an old man. Uh, Charlie Weiss, who was the fat offensive coordinator for the Patriots, who became the fat head coach for Notre Dame, uh-huh. he had his knee blown out by a guy running into the crowd. Nice. He was on crutches. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it happens. It happens. But Sean Payton apparently was talking to Mr. Marcus Peter on the field, too. Nice. Good for him. And uh, so Marcus Peter's quote to the media they were like, hey, so Sean Payton just said he liked that matchup a lot. And Mark Peter was like, yeah, hey, Sean Payton talking all that mess. And he said some other words and some other things. He said, I like that. I like that. I'm glad to hear it. And let him know he was talking some stuff on the field, too. Tell him I hope to see him again. We all heard it. We hope to see him again. We're going to have some gumbo. It's going to be a good day. Oh, I love it. Couldn't have been a more threatening way to phrase we going to have some gumbo than how Marcus Peters laid it out. <laughs> like, it sounded a lot like, I'm going to hurt you real bad, white guy. Um, but but he said we going to have some gumbo. Right. Uh, He's uh, just offering his peace gumbo. <laughs> right. Uh, so, anyway, this week the matchup is... It's finally It's Rams Ram Saints. Uh, for about 10 minutes on Twitter, Marcus Peter had up a, a meme of him intercepting a football. With the caption, it's gumbo time. <laughs> it then got deleted. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, that sucks. So. Like, if you're going to say it, like, at least just follow it. through. Be man enough. To s- I, I'm completely with you. This is one of those ones he should have just said. But I feel like probably. Uh, I, wish I wish I had that tweet and re- retweeted as soon as it was out. Oh, there were screen grabs. People have it. It's out there. Uh. So I feel like this yeah, is one but of it would have been more impactful if it was from his account. Oh no, no, yeah, like it's the screenshot of him. No, I mean like oh, actually like retweeting him. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, well, I'm sure what happened is some Rams coaches got a hold of him and were like, "Hey, man, you can't, you let's can't not, say let's it's not do bullet- combo time. <laughs> let's not do the bulletin board material." Uh, but okay, so I want to talk about Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Uh, Sean Payton and Drew well, you Brees. Have Thirty seconds. So. All right, good. Sean Payton and Drew Brees are second most winning head coach quarterback duo. Who do you think is first? I mean, probably uh, Bill Belichick. And Tom Brady. That's right. This Super Bowl has the potential of being either the oldest combination of Super Bowl quarterbacks, if Brady and Breeze go, by like 10 years. If Mahomes and Goff go, quarterbacks for the Chiefs and the Rams, it is the youngest combination of quarterbacks in the history of the Super Bowl. 
neat. This one's like uh, a record. What is it? A record either way is pretty good. Yeah, unless we get like the mix. Um, but if, if both young studs win or if both old timers win, it's either the it's going to be record either way. Um, as we're jumping out here to break, I just want to point out like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Even if they don't go to the Super Bowl, it's it's five and ten years, or I think it's five and fifteen years. It's just good. It's just amazing. Like they don't need this one to be amazing. They're already amazing. But there's a chance he gets, I believe, even what would more. be his sixth Super Bowl. Sorry, he had six. I think he has five. He's appeared in seven. I think he has five rings. Oh. I think the Giants beat him twice. I know the Giants beat him twice. Fair uh, enough. Six Super Bowl rings. Six out of eight appearances. That's a pretty good ratio. I'll take that any day. I, I'd kill it to be Tom Brady. We're going to get out of here. When we come back, I probably still won't be Tom Brady, which means I'll still be here. And we're going to talk some more ball control. Ball control. Ball control. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to more Ball Control. Yeah. I'm trying to do like my best, like, 1950s, this is toothpaste voice. Brush your teeth. Anyway, I'm Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. And this is Sports, Sports, Sports. Sportsy, Sports, 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 Sports. Oh, this is Ball Control. Uh, yeah, well, this that was actually almost the first name, was Sports, Sports, Sports. Sports, 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 sports. Ball control is going to be the middle name, DLG last name. Sports, 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 sports. You can get made fun of in school, but you know what? Like, it's going to build character. It's okay. I think that's what people say who name their kids like Apple. Ah, that's, uh, or colors, or directions. Yeah. You're Southwest. That's where we had you. What? 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 Do you mean? I don't like Am this Am I not game. American? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this game at all. Uh, okay, Nico. What's up? All right. You want to talk college football is the worst thing ever made? Uh, the Houston Rockets or Antonio Brown and Steelers drama? Uh, let's stay professional. So let's go, uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Okay. I like it. So Antonio Brown, I told you this week 17 didn't show up for work. Right. Uh, Saturday was walkthrough. He blew it off. Yep. And then Sunday morning, his agent called the coach to call in feeling better today, uh, which, by the way, is not a status I've ever called into a job. I've never been like, hey, about yesterday, I feel great today. I'll see you at 8. Uh, that's not I how that works. I've done that, but that's because I was sick. <laughs> right. That's like, yeah, but if you don't call in sick, you can't, oh, yeah, you can't be like, you can't the call next in day. better <laughs> the next day because they just assume you, you don't work there anymore. Oh, you're not here? All right, bye. Well, anywhere I've always worked, I can't think of a single place where it's like, hey, if he doesn't call or show up at all today, he still has a job tomorrow. Right. Just vanishes. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just standard practice. If you don't show up, you, you don't still work there. Reasonable. It's a hard sell to be like, no, no, it's cool. No, it's fine. I'm with the band. I'll be here tomorrow. No, you won't. <laughs> That's not how this works. Nope. That's not how any of this works. You out. You gone. Um. So, the owner of the team then said about, uh, I think this was last week, he gave a quote and he said, 
It's hard to envision Antonio Brown returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, fighting words. From the owner, that is kind of... It's pretty rough. Not a lot of times a guy's paying you $20 million and then said it's hard to believe you're coming back to work. That's, generally speaking... What? Yeah. You're coming to work every day. <laughs> you're coming to work on Christmas and Passover, bro. I, want I ain't paying you $20 million. <laughs> yeah, I want my money's worth. You cater on my daughter's birthday in the off season. <laughs> um, forget it. Like twenty million dollars, you owe me. Um, Bruce Arians, head coach now of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, their team needs to make some changes. So someone said, "Hey, Antonio Brown might be available," and there's talk that there's a trade market. Jerry Rice came out on a radio show and said he talked to Antonio Brown and, and gave his blessing for Antonio Brown to come to San Francisco. His blessing. He's one of those guys who, and the 49ers let this happen with him because he is like that guy for that team. Although he didn't finish his career. He played like five more years somewhere else. So, <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm a little hard-pressed to quite understand this because he's one of those guys that reminds you, his story reminds you it's just a business. Uh, I used some air quotes there for the folks at home. Because um, he was the greatest, hall, he's the greatest wide receiver who's ever played football. No one will ever be Jerry Rice. His records will always be the records for receiving. Uh, even in this era where we throw a ton, people aren't going to pass those numbers. Um, I don't think so, at least. It'll, the man who passes him also deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Put it that way. Fair enough. Um, but eventually San Francisco was like, listen, we're not very good and you're really old and there's no reason for you to be here and for us to pay you, so bye-bye. Oof. And so he went to other teams. He played... Uh, Played for the Raiders, appeared in the Super Bowl. Uh, Way to go. I mean, it gets it just goes on and on and on. He played, uh, I think he eventually wound up training camp in Denver, and it didn't look like he was going to make the roster. And uh, he was like, all right, I guess I'll go home. Then he won Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> so so all all in all that career ended well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what I mean, every sports career ends weirdly, honestly. Like you either you either retire too soon but comfortably or the or the game is like you're done. Unless you're Gordy Howe and become the greatest legend ever to exist. Right, but even he at some point the game was like you're done. It just was like right, three he, decades later. Right, yeah, yeah, except he was like 75. Yeah. Yeah, and he came back for like an all-star game. Right. To give out the Gordie Howe Award to someone else. Right. Um, <laughs> but, so, like, he's sort of, Jerry Rice is, now that he's retired, is sort of like the unofficial ambassador of the 49ers again. Um, so, anyway. Sure, why not? He likes the, he likes the spotlight, though. He's he, But, anyway, he gave his blessing. Um, but Bruce Arians was said, it was kind of, hey, you know, people outside the league are talking about Antonio Brown's going to probably change teams, lots of suitors. Tampa Bay, huh? Huh? And Bruce Arians uh, said uh, uh, Antonio Brown's a little bit too much of a diva for his liking. Ooh. Too much of a diva, he says. Bruce Arians, when he was like, I don't remember if he was a quarterback's coach or like in a quality control or something, but he was on the offense. He might have been a line coach for Pittsburgh. So he worked with Antonio Brown. He knows Antonio Brown. Um, and he's like, mm, not feeling it. Nah. Yeah, not feeling it. Not feeling it, dog. It's, uh, like, it's, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Right. And it's going to be too much of a diva for me, dog. And I was watching some sports shows because I love to. Right. 
and you hate them. Of course. Uh, around the Horn is garbage. <laughs> you really hate Around the Horn. One of them was first take with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. And they made the point that Ben Roethlisberger is a bit of a diva too. Yeah. Which I completely agree with. I think I've told. I think I've said on this show he's a big baby. Right. Yeah. He he. He's good, but he also talks a lot. He talks a lot, and he throws his teammates under the bus, and he doesn't always say the right thing, and he doesn't always do the right thing, and he acts dramatic. He he's pitched his his fair share of fits and threatened to retire. And if he has a bad game and the media wants to ask him about it, he gets real like confrontational, and he's like, I don't know. I guess I don't have any more. Maybe I should retire, and like. I mean, everyone has bad games. Right. But instead of just being man enough the to Patriots be like. The Patriots lost to Miami. Which right. Is like you, their lowest. You win that. Like, you were fixated It was that. great. That, that last it was the play last play of the game. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of just saying, listen, hey, man. For we the are. win. Like, they, they did it. They did. They did. And they ran a trick play. That's always fun. It's sexy. This is really the first year you followed football, though. Right. So for like you, this was like life changing. Right. My life has changed forever. I do remember some of the things like that I saw for the first time where I was like, "That's." And then like over time, you just realize like they happen a lot, but it's just a weird thing. But uh, but Big Ben, I mean, you just every quarterback has bad games. And so, what does that say about the Steelers? So it says a couple things. First of all, Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. Uh, I think I, I don't have a problem saying that. I think he should have to get control. Of these guys, these guys talking out of school like this is stupid, and it's stupid. It's stupid, A, that it happens, and it's even dumber that they have a, a uh, who someone I think is a great head coach and someone who has won a Super Bowl, someone who is considered a leader, and for some reason he can't rein these, these dudes in. Right. Um, And they've just been soaked in controversy this, this whole year. year. This whole year. You don't see the stuff on the Patriots. The Patriots don't play. Bill Belichick will pull a guy aside and say, next time I hear your name in the media, you're going to Oakland. I'm trading you. He's done it. He don't care. Right. Uh, Randy Moss was a record-setting wide receiver with the Patriots. On the team that went 18-1, and Randy Moss had one of the greatest years in the history of wide receiving. Uh, a couple years later, he was traded because he got too comfortable in New England and started acting like the old Randy Moss. And Bill Belichick said, nah, we're good. Bye, guy. And Randy Moss played a couple more years somewhere else. Because he couldn't stay there. Because he couldn't stay there. Pack your stuff and go, young lady. Um, and that was that. I mean, the Patriots don't deal with this, and so I think that's obviously that's the difference between them and everyone else. I, they're like they're the standard to use, but because they're the most consistent team, they are. They are, and you should. Everyone should want to emulate consistency. But if you're Mike Tomlin and all these things are nicely said about you. You should be able to control your quarterback and your wide receiver and your running back, to be honest. Le'Veon Bell, none of that should have happened either. No. Le'Veon, if, if you're a better coach, Le'Veon Bell has enough respect for you. Or, first of all, if you're the Steelers, it doesn't. It just doesn't drag on. No. The second he says, the second he says all that, uh, okay, cool. We relinquish our rights. You're a free agent right now. Go, go and be you. Go. Go away. We're done. Right. That's the way you, like. Because now he's forced them; to, they're going to have to offer him more money next year on a, on a on another one of those things, and they don't want to do it, and he doesn't really want it. But when they make him the offer, he can sign it and go, and blah blah blah. So they should have just released him. They should have just they should have just been done with it. Bye. The second it was obvious he was never coming back, they're holding on right now because they're contemplating maybe tagging him again to get something out of the trade for him. Like they just want to increase the drama. 
So to me, the Steelers have, have run themselves into a corner. Uh, you know who it reminds me of? How much time do we have? We have uh, 30 seconds. Okay. You know who this reminds me of? Who? Toronto Raptors. Oh, man. Reminds me of the Toronto Raptors. They get soloed by so LeBron. So LeBron James takes up residency in their head, right? It becomes LeBronto. He just destroys that team. Goes from 3-1 against Cleveland one year. He wins the next, I think it's seven, I think it's nine games in a row. Uh, no, he wins three that series, four and four. So, what, 11 games in a row against Toronto. Ugh. Toronto gets swept the next two times they meet Cleveland in the playoffs. Brutal. So, this last time it happened, they were the number one team in the East. They had the most wins of anyone in the NBA. They get swept again by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> They fire their head coach, uh, who two weeks later then receives coach of the year. You know, good play. Because he was the coach of the year. Um, They then blow up a team that has formed together. DeMar DeRozan was tweeting about, I want to be a Toronto Raptor for life. They had set up their contracts, all of this team. They would all expire at the same time. So if the run didn't work, the team would just, they could just not have salary cap trouble and could rebuild on the fly. They break all of that up. All of it. They take on Kawhi Leonard and they take on uh, Danny Green, I believe. And those two contracts don't end at the same time as everyone else. Now they have overlap and now it's going to be weird and it's going to be a transition. They promote one of their own assistants. They do all this stuff. They do all this. They make Kyle Lowry. They piss him off at the franchise because he was told that him and DeMar were going to be together and they trade DeMar. Uh, So him and DeMar are like best friends. Like they joke about who's Robin. That's how friendly they are. Gone. Blow up the franchise. And then LeBron leaves the East. Right. I look real dumb. You look real dumb because you could have stayed the same and you would have been the team to beat this year. Right. You would have been bringing back a great coach that, and then a team that just won the most games in the NBA. But you got mad that you got swept by LeBron for the third time. You got mad that it was called LeBronto. And then you killed your best team that you – probably the best chance you had. Right, because Kawhi Leonard is, is better than DeMar DeRozan. I, I, I don't think that's even in question. However, um, you didn't have to do it. Didn't have to happen. Didn't have to do it. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where they lost control. And I think that's what the Steelers are dealing with right now is they just lost control. They are not in control of the situation. Uh, yeah, we get out of here. We got some more sports talk coming your way. This is Ball Control. Ball Control. Ball control. Welcome back to more ball control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. LeBron Souls Toronto. That's true. That's true. <laughs> You're so excited. You love that story. It's so funny. All right. All right, Nico. What are we going to do? Are we going to do college football is still garbage, or are we going to do the Houston Rockets? Uh, we'll do Rockets last. We are, we're on a football bender here. <laughs> okay, so you want to do college football, still garbage. Right, yeah. I, I want to get angry. Okay. I want to get mad. I want to I want to be upset. All right, you ready? No. This one is sort of a... It's a little bit of a mixed bag. Okay, so understand this. Everything's a mixed bag when it comes to college football. <laughs> Every, even, yes. even the good stuff's mixed. <laughs> even the great stuff is mixed. You're right about that. Okay, are you ready? So in order to give you the best clarity on this, you have to do a little bit of backtracking to the rules of college football. Okay, if you have a scholarship, it is not permanent. It is year to year. 
even didn't, I didn't know that. Even if you're recruited to play, let's say I'm going to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. It's not four. It's not a four-year scholarship that they give me. It is four one-year scholarships. And if next year there's a guy way better than me, he gets it. Uh, and they want to, and I act a fool about it. And I get mad at the coach or whatever. He can just take my scholarship. Now, granted, quarterbacks are a bit of a commodity. You probably want to sit on me, maybe ask me to redshirt, or maybe just keep me as the backup in case he gets blown up in a game. But if I make enough of a fool of myself, you'll just take my scholarship away. Right. And that's how college football works. The other rule is if you want to leave, the old rule was you had to leave your school, then announce you wanted to transfer, then the other colleges that were willing to take you would talk to you. And unless you had already graduated, that was called the graduate exception, but if you haven't already graduated, you had to sit out a year unless you went from D1 to D2 and then D2 to D1. Huh. So, like, if I was at Alabama and I wanted to go to Georgia, I'd have to sit out a year. Oh, man. That's trash. So, and it was designed that way to restrict player movement. Right, The coaches yeah. can leave at any time. And that's the thing is, like, the head coach isn't really who recruits players. I mean, they do. But the position coaches do a lot of the recruiting. If I'm a wide receiver coach, I find the wide receivers are going to play for our school. Right. And I do 80% of the recruiting, and then the head coach comes in and seals the deal. Makes sense. So you have a bond with me. I get hired to go be the head coach somewhere else. Bye. Right. I'm just. I'm. It's my career. I gotta go. Right. Uh, you're stuck there though. Yeah. And I, if I want to leave, if you, if it's not one of these exceptions. Yep. I'm stuck. So they started making. They started talking about how how unfair it was. And in college football, actually, they actually said. This is kind of unfair. The system is um, it's a little broken. They started making exceptions. One of the first exceptions they made was a couple years ago where if your program uh, becomes penalized and becomes like bowl ineligible, you can be granted a, a waiver to leave as long as you didn't break any rules. That's a solid one. That's a good rule. That's a good rule. That's a good rule. So it's they not punishing players for other people's mistakes. Correct. So that's a good one. Now, personally, I think they've also should have included coaches leaving, like head coaches. If your head coach leaves, you should be able to leave the program. Because like, when they make head coaching changes, they could change the whole structure of your program. Yeah, that's also a fair point. Uh, but they haven't done that. Um, Again, mixed bag as always. Of course. So they then said, let's take it one step further. They made something called the transfer portal. Okay. You notify your school. It's a public database. It's actually technically private, but all schools have access to it. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. You notify your school that you would like to put your name in the transfer portal, and you are given the school has two business days to get your name in there. All right. This doesn't mean you have to transfer. This just means you're will you want to show the other schools that you're open to being wooed to come to their program. All right. Fair enough. Now, this could create controversy because let me tell you something. You may not know this. College football fans are some of the worst fans in all sports. Wow, who's surprised? Nobody. Literally Nobody. no one. Um, And so it, when word leaks that that students have entered their name in the transfer portal, the fan base immediately turns on those people. Right. 
how come so-and-so doesn't want to sit and be our third-string quarterback? He thinks he's too good for that. This is crazy, blah, 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 blah. How dare you disrespect my alma mater? You should love something as much as I love something. I'm donating millions of dollars to this program. Right. I'm Tillman Fertitta, and you do as I tell you. I've never heard him say that, but I feel like that. That's that's pretty much I think I, I would be like that if I was a billionaire. You're like that now. Right, and I don't even have a billion dollars. I'd shake you like a baby if you ever told me that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so basically the rule is essentially you can now almost kind of announce your intention. Like, hey, I'd be willing to leave if something came up. And basically what it is is you're looking for a starting job. You're a guy trying to start somewhere. Right, you want to move up. You don't yeah. want to. You don't want to yeah. be the backup forever. I'm I'm the second wide receiver on this team, and they just recruited a guy who's taller than me, faster than me, stronger than me, and jumps higher than me. Right. I'll leave. So I'll be the third receiver now. Can I go? Um. And so, because playing college football doesn't mean anything until you make it professionally. For a lot of these guys, that's the point. A lot of these guys are applying to be in the NFL. I mean, that that that's what they're doing. Um. So Jalen Hurts of University of Alabama. He put into the transfer portal, and Oklahoma immediately was like, yes, you should come here. In Oklahoma, um, they run a high-powered offense. They were just in the playoffs. Um, Which they shouldn't have been because the University of Central Florida was undefeated. <sighs> but you know how I feel about that. I think Notre Dame is who should not have been in. Yeah, but at least they were undefeated. True, true. Oklahoma did have some losses. That's fair. You're right. You're right. That's a fair point. Um, like I'm not going to argue with that on there because – I think the undefeated team should at least be playing, so I, I I I will agree with your merit. Although Notre Dame, when it got on the field, had no business being on the field. Right. Well, it 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 proves my point of if they're if they're a lesser program when they go to the playoffs, it'll show. <laughs> right. So you may as well just let Central Florida go and see what happens. Right. Because they if played, Central Florida goes and they go zero and seventy five, then you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Now you know. Okay, we won't we won't bring them up again next year. Like, but the thing of it is, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Someone will bring them up next year, right? Um. So that being said, we Jalen Hurts is going to go to Oklahoma. Reasonable. Well, Oklahoma has a quarterback who was a graduate, and he redshirt he redshirted this last year because of of uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was going to be a one and done no matter what because right. he was going to baseball. Well, now he's entering the NFL draft instead, but it doesn't matter. He's gone either way. So now this guy's going to play. Uh, well, then he hears Jalen Hurts is coming, so he puts his name in the transfer portal. And now he's looking for a college. He's looking for a quarterback. Now he's a graduate, so he gets the graduate exception. He's going to play this year. Good. Nice. Well, Oklahoma didn't want to grant the waiver. Well, isn't that against your rules? The Big 12 doesn't technically have the graduate rule. Most of the other colleges do. Big 12 doesn't. So I guess okay. they wanted to try and talk him out of transferring to another Big 12 school. He's essentially going to a rival. They didn't want him to go to a rival. I don't like it. I don't like it. Man. So such a, uh, college, college sports is such a petty game. It really is. It is. So for all of today, the headline was Oklahoma. Or for all of yesterday, the headline was Oklahoma. Is not going to honor the the waiver. They're not going to give him the waiver, so he he would have to wait until next year to start, which he could do. He could do that. That he you have four years of eligibility within five years of program, so he would be he would have fit within that timeline. But he doesn't have to. He if he plays this year, this is his four years of playing. Right. 
So he doesn't want to he not do that. Yeah, he wants he, he he wants to play. Um, so and plus West Virginia's quarterback uh is going is in the draft, I believe. So they they're looking for a starter. So Oklahoma didn't want to didn't want to honor it. So finally, right at the end of the day yesterday, they they gave in and they and they honored it. Finally. Oh man. There's no telling what happened behind the scenes there. I promise you. A booster wrote a check to another booster. Like somewhere, one of West Virginia's boosters just paid Oklahoma's coaching staff salaries for this year or something. Right, something real dumb. Something real shady behind the scenes just happened because that o- wouldn't happen. Oklahoma could definitely have held everything up. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just more of like, so this transfer portal is supposed to be technically secret, but because every school has access to it, there's no way to control. That's what I never understood. 140 like, schools. Right. It's 140 schools on programs that are worth millions of dollars with unpaid players. and Yeah. It's just the worst thing ever. And then people get upset when these players want to go because they want to play college football or something. Yeah. What heathens? Why would they want to do that? He wants to be the starter. That's crazy. He should want to stay here and back up a guy who's never even played a snap for our alma mater. He should be honored to hold Jalen Hurts' clipboard. Like I don't, I have no respect for college football. <laughs> Isn't it? Just, like, doesn't it always? I have negative respect for it. It just always comes out this way, where it's always like, "There's never a w- college football never looks good in a story ever." No, because like the, the more whole paradigm of college football, it's awful. Because like everything, it's it just continuously like it just reveals on how like scummy and or shady and or how ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> all of it. All of it. just the worst thing ever. So real quick, I was once having a debate about whether or not they should pay the players. Having a debate with some friends. And they were like, they already get a scholarship to the university. And I said, yes, but the scholarship isn't permanent. Just getting the scholarship that... Doesn't guarantee anything. They can cut you at any time. Uh, Matter of fact, for the the sports with fewer scholarships, because so many are eaten up by football, they have to. If you're on a volleyball team and you get pregnant, you can get cut. If you're a senior on a soccer team and they get a really good freshman, they cut you and you lose your scholarship. Right. And uh, and they were like, they were like, okay, well that's bad. But if you ignore that, it's then they shouldn't have to pay the players. Well, if you ignore that, they pay them scholarship. Right. That's the thing is like y- you are paying them. Right. You're already paying them something. So since we agree that you're paying them, now right. it's just negotiating the price. And once you point out that these institutions, what did we talk about? Forbes talks about the five top programs, and A and M hadn't won anything in years, and they were number one, and they're worth what was it, seven hundred fifty million dollars, something right, like that. Yeah, and UT's the other one. <laughs> yeah, and so when you find out these programs are worth this kind of money, what do you <sighs> like? Your talent isn't getting paid for any of it, right? And you could just destroy your knee, and that's it. Bye bye. Later. Right. Oh dang! Our third string got injured. What? A, what a sad. Yeah. I'm just gonna take his scholarship. We gave it to this other guy. Right now he's now he's now he could be out of state, out of pocket. But respect the institution. All alone by himself, and he wants to go play football somewhere else. And they're they're, they're mad gonna, at him. And they're gonna fight and him. They're gonna mad. They're mad at him. Right. Exactly. It's his fault. Yes. He's gonna lose his starting job to a guy who's never played a down in at this college ever for this coach or for this program. Wasn't recruited by these coaches. Didn't go to this program and put in the hours, blood, sweat, and tears. But I can't believe he wants to act like this is a job. It's an education. It's a it's a gift. College football makes me angry. Yeah, it's it's 
it's silly. It's silly the semantics that people make for it. Um, but that being said, but then they turn around and they go, "But I like to watch college football because they're not playing about the, for the money. It's not about the money for these guys." Yeah, it's definitely about the money for the head coaches. And with that, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got uh, we got some more ball control. We're gonna talk ball about rocket control. Ball control. Welcome back to this last and final segment of ball control. Ball. College sports is bad. That's true. That that could almost be like the nickname of this show. Um, <laughs> college sports are bad. You're listening to ball control and college sports are bad. Um, I guess we shouldn't say that. There's a lot of people who get a great education. They're never going to go on to anything else. They become like professionals in their careers and no like uh, again there's aspects that are good about college sports but there's so many things that have like are like high tier like scum level yeah no and that's the problem right like the people at the top take total advantage of this power and just abuse it and just make crazy good amounts of money right they bring in millions of dollars a year and not saying that an education isn't isn't worth playing football and it's cool that they can get their education and play football but a lot of these people want play football because they want to they want to do it professionally correct especially at the d1 level okay so all that being said i told you we would talk about the houston rockets yes um so we lost yep no yeah we lost and uh that's a little frustrating because we've been doing a little bit of that here lately. Um, but real quick, let me talk about James Harden. 58 points last night. That's so many. 58 points. That's 20th game in a row with at least 30 points. Uh, Enormous. It's, I think, uh, okay, yeah, it's the most consecutive games averaging 40 points per game. Yeah, 40. Not 30, 40. Um, now, uh, there's a graphic they put on television where he was – you know, 500 away from Will Chamberlain, but uh, he could pla- he could pass Kobe Bryant here with a couple more, right? Uh, and that'd be the end of the modern era. Everyone after that's a black and white picture. So it's a right. good feeling, right? Right. Also, 515, like step to that record, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's gross. That's inappropriate. Well, like, what was everyone else doing? <laughs> the real questions. It's over over six years of right. every single game you way played. Way more over. than that. Way more than that because there weren't that many teams. They didn't play that many games back then. True. Even more. Like just you just like played a decade of where you just did not score yeah, forty points. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Insanity. That I mean, so that's just how it was back then. Like, yup. He's just real good. He's real good at this. Yeah, and he didn't have a lot of great. He didn't have a lot of like high caliber athletes back then. It was a lot of like. I'm tall, so I'll play, kind of thing. And then it was him. I wish it was simple like those times. Right. What is this, a tall person playing basketball? Wow. No, like everyone's nine feet tall. So the Rockets in, the la- in their last ten have been seven and three. Uh, they're about to lose. Okay, so this would be – they'll be six and four. He's the second player with 55 points in consecutive games. He joins <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain. That's the man with one billion points. That's pretty good, right? Right. Uh, so the Rockets are now in fourth place. They're 25 and 18. Uh, that's great. Like I'm, uh, that 
You were worried about him I, for a I minute. I was very worried. But here's here. Guess what? All this winning they're doing. Clint Capella is going to be out for like four more weeks. Okay. Oh no. Chris Paul has been out this whole time. He's going to come back here in about a week or two. Eric Gordon came back last night. He scored twenty. He looked okay. Um. There's just not a lot of points on the. There's between those three guys, it's fifty points a night that's missing. James Harden is scoring. Has he has to sc- any night he doesn't put up the buckets, they're going to lose. And like last night, he put up fifty eight, and they did lose. So only by one in overtime, but still double overtime. But double it doesn't overtime. It, listen. It still goes up as an L on the board. Um, they're in fourth place. I don't think they're going to overtake the teams that are ahead of them. They're behind Golden State, Denver, and Oklahoma City. I don't think that I, I just don't think they can do it, and I don't think they should. I don't think they should waste the energy chasing those guys. I think they just need to go out and do their thing. Right. Um, but the problem I think that's ahead of them is how much more can they use James Harden like this? How hard are you going to push this guy to be basically one of like at least half of your offense? To be all of it. I mean, I bet through him between. Okay, so he scored fifty eight points. Uh, how many of those were set up by him or pressured by him? Right. How many of the assists, you know, are his? You know, let me see. I'm gonna try and pull it up real quick. But I'm just, I'm just concerned about, you know, uh, what do you, how, what happens? He had six assists. Okay. Um. So then, so then that you know, basically only twelve points. So seventy points out of the hundred. So half of the offense from last, from a hundred and forty point game, he was half. Which is insanity. It is. Um, I think you got to be concerned about just wearing him down. I think you got to be aware right. of the fact that you can't play eighty-two games at like five hundred percent. Right. You're and gonna you're gonna burn out. Now, February is a little over halfway. The All Star break happens. The trade deadline happens. You start getting ready for the playoffs. In that window, you need to get your rhythm together. You guys, you, get, you need to get everybody on the same page. But this team also needs to focus on resting James Harden because you're right. I was worried. They weren't. They were the 10th seed at best looking up. They were playing it. They were the 14th seed sometimes. Now that they're here, I don't know. I don't know what's I don't I don't know that they can stay here. Right. They got to the four seed. I, they're definitely not going to go much further than that. No. Um. So that being said. It'd be nice to have home field advantage for the first round, but your your biggest concern is if you don't have James Harden, it doesn't matter what you do. Right. So I, I'm just I'm very nervous about the minutes, the energy, the points, the scoring. Like I'd love to be the guy to be like, yeah, he can totally do this. He can keep this up, but nobody does this. Right. So. Yeah. And do we want to be in the way we've built this team is is championship or bust? We're all in. We're all in on this roster. I mean, we 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 gave Chris Paul basically two hundred million dollars. Like this is the team. It's not going to change. We have to do it with this one. We have to do it with this team, and we need to do it. The sooner we do it, the better, because Chris Paul only gets really old on this contract. I think by the end of this contract, he's forty years old or something like that. Oh my gosh! Like that's not good. <laughs> um, and so if this is the year, if it's just burn everybody out this year. And next year everybody's rolling ankles and tweaking hammies and nobody plays and whatever. Okay, fine. Then then let's do it. Let's just burn it out. But you've Put got everyone at nine thousand percent. But you've got to time it to where 
they win. Right. You don't want to climb rankings and then just burn out. Right. Okay, we're in it. We're back in the race. We're going to have home court advantage. Oh, there's a high ankle sprain, and James Harden misses the next six weeks. Right. And that goes into the, and then so then you've got like a week and a half before the playoffs. Is he going to be ready? Is he going to be rusty? Is the team going to have rhythm? Are they going to be able to play with him and without him? Who handles the minutes? What do you do if he re-injures it? Like, it's a train wreck at that point. Right. So, now Capella should be back in time. Everyone should be back in time and ready. Six weeks from now is basically the end of February. So that gives them about four weeks, five weeks, I think, to get into the playoffs and get ready. But if James Harden goes down, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what this team, with him gone and everyone else coming back, over the next month, I don't, I don't, I like if he goes out tomorrow, we score sixty points. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's what happens. Who takes those shots? Like, how do you make up that difference? Uh, the Austin Rivers pickup has surprisingly been good for us. Right. Um, Which is good. You know, it has been. He's been at you know ten points, and he's been playing positive good, news. Some good defense. Uh, I think this team is just going to keep an eye on all the different. There could be some sign and trades at the end of the year. Some sign and trades. There's always some guys somebody gets rid of, and then they don't even keep him on the new team. They pay him off, and he goes away. Those will be the guys that we sign. The Chandler Parsons of the world, things like that. Um, hopefully, hopefully. But uh, for now, that's all the concern. All we can do is just kind of sit and wait and see, and just. The streak's impressive. Harden, Harden's amazing. Um, but right. No my doubt concern he's is one of the best players in the league. Yeah, but my concern is beyond just being – like he said earlier, he wants to win MVP because he wants to be recognized. He's already won one. He wants to win two. He's, I think he's got in his head that he may not win a championship, but he wants to be great anyway. I want the title. Um, we want that for you, James. Yeah, we do. And I think he could win it, but not if he's burned out. Right. He can't solo the entire – Right, and so that being said, we're going to solo out of here. Uh, thanks for listening to another great episode of Ball Control. Check us out on the podcast uh, and on the social medias. What are those again? Ball Control Podcast. Ball Control Podcast. There you go. And then Facebook.com backslash Ball Control Podcast. Uh, with all that being said, tune in same time tomorrow, next week. I'm just kidding. Ball, Ball Control. Control.